Good evening. Yeah, it, I guess it will still be evening. Good evening, uh, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we've spent some time talking about humility power, and we're going to get into it um, from a few angles. Like, uh, you know, humility, as we've been talking about, is such a... Uh, it's such a major asset for us. Uh, it, how can I put it? It, it, uh, it facilitates something that's a wonderful benefit in our life as we grow called brokenness. It's hard for us to realize, you know, us in a position where we're uh, buried, that that's the best position for us to be in power in the kingdom. Scripture says, except the corner we fall to the ground and die, it cannot bring forth fruit. And so we talk about that scripture a lot when we teach on brokenness because, again, that seed goes through a process where it's submerged, it's buried, it's covered in dirt, it's under pressure. The pressure squeezes it and breaks it, and that's, that's what releases what's in it. And so a lot of times in our life, you know, we're running from brokenness. We're running from um, pressure when it's actually to our benefit. And, and you know, uh, we're going to learn some stuff today. And if we really uh, zero in, lock in, attach our hearts to it, um, we'll find out what's been, I guess I want to use the word pulling on us or, or distracting us or cheating us. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Cheating us from the ultimate fulfillment that God has for our lives. Uh, we really pay attention here. You know, because I want to say this, the, the world, the job, the family, friends, um, in our lives, they've only needed our resources and our expertise. So all these different facets of our life, you know, they, they, they've only needed our resource, our expertise, um, maybe our, you know, maybe our encouragement, some things of that nature. But, but I hear God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit saying we need more than that. And, and actually we need more than you've ever given before. Uh, we need your humility. We need your full humility. And again, God is asking for this um, not as a place where we sample or play in the soil. You know, sometimes we, we're playing around in humility as if it's, you know, a playground we're visiting for the day, uh, but a place where we're planted, uh, uh, living in a state of humiliation. You know, anytime you add uh, that suffix, Asian, you, you know, interesting enough, you could replace, you know, you could replace or, or you can slip in the sea and it's action. The word the suffix Asian is action. You know, so when it's humility, humiliation, that's the action of humility. You know, that's not, you know, that's something that we we we're we're living out, not something that is just something that touched us in a moment. And this is and and what's really been stealing humility for from our lives um, is pride. You know, we could say pride, stubbornness, a whole lot of things. But, but we'll, you know, we'll say pride. And, and 
I was meditating on this this week. I shared it probably with a few people. Um, pride is dangerous just in general, but I think it becomes even more challenging when we've uh, gained some momentum and had some successes. You know, pride becomes even more challenging because now we start to sometimes we're tempted to communicate uh, from our confidence of the new change versus the humility of the previous challenge. So pride kind of messes with us because sometimes we, uh, we're communicating from the confidence of the new change. Like the new change is still wet. You know how you, you put some paint on <laughs> and you just put it on, it's just still wet. It's not, you know, it ain't even, the paint ain't even dry yet. And I think sometimes when we change, I was given an example, I was talking to somebody and I said, well, you know, like you, for let's say for 10 straight years, 12 straight years, uh, irresponsible, inconsistent, not diligent in the, in the kingdom, things of God, or even in your purpose of what you're supposed to do. And then you, you get it, like you get it. You go, man, I need you locked in. So then you locked in for, I don't know, six months, eight months. We'll give you 10 months. We'll even give you a year. Um, and something happens because, you know, a year, relatively, a lot could happen in a year. You agree with that? A lot could happen in a year. Yeah. But you almost take it where, like, like now that year is your life as if you had no other life. So when you're communicating, you're communicating in the confidence of this new change. Almost like, well, you know, uh, I, I might even share this the other day. You know, man, you know, want, eventually, you know, uh, you'll be able to get to where I'm at when you start to, you know, you just got to be diligent in the Word. You know, you want to read uh, pretty consistently, read a certain amount of chapters a day. You know, I read a certain amount of chapters a day. Now, you've been doing this maybe consistently for the last six months, but you started the process. It's been like a year in the progression to get to that point. But you're talking to the and as, uh, from that confidence as opposed to the humility of your, previously, your previous challenge. So you have to watch not looking down on people that are in process also. So, 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 so you can communicate from, hey, uh, you know, when you get like this, you'll be straight. Or you can communicate from, you know, I really, you know, most of my life I've struggled and this last year, I've been doing pretty good. Um, and, I, and so I can offer with you what I did to at least uh, uh, start this process in my life in this last year. Um, but, you know, um, but, you know, based on, you know, the reality is I'm, I'm really behind on the things that God wanted me to do. But I thank God, you know, I think I, I really understand I got it now. And. I'm not, I'm not turning back, man. I'm not looking back, man, because those, those other 10, 12, 17 years, man, it was crazy. Yeah, but I get it now. I understand now. I realize now. That's totally different communication, and people can receive that better. But when it's like, okay, hold on. I can help you because I got myself together. And some people are not saying they got themselves together. It's just that, you know, it feels so good to finally had that monkey off their back. You know, so when you get that monkey off your back, it feels good, like, you know, to, you know, where uh, people start trusting you or, or you're giving you responsibility because 
They couldn't trust you because you were irresponsible. But 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 watch the 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 attitude in which you present yourself. You know, watch watch um, getting on a soapbox because that's not that's not humility. That's not the spirit of humility. Um, right. So, so I wanted to emphasize that. Let's go to Matthew 20. Matthew 20. I, I just spent a lot of time. Uh, meditating on things, and not just from the standpoint of what people need to get, but the things that that, that I've grown through and are still growing through. Like, again, even as a pastor, uh, and, you know, I spend a lot of time in the Word and stuff like that, but, man, I, I'm late. Yeah, you know, all things work together for good. Yes, it is, but God's working it for good but I didn't give God, God an opportunity to, to, util, to do his best through me at every stage and every aspect of my life. You know, because of either fear, insecurity, stubbornness, um, pride. I just mentioned pride. You remember him, right? Uh, so, so and, and I realized these things that I've learned, you know, things that I've learned and I'm learning. So that's why I don't, I don't size people up uh, as it relates to how I do stuff. Yeah, I'm going to challenge people based on what God wants them to get, but my challenge is not in comparison to how God's challenging me. It may seem like that because like, oh, because you do this. No, no, but trust me, God's challenging me way beyond what I'm uh, trying to uh, assist others with. All right, so uh, Matthew 20, 27. Just give you a little foundation just to draw us into this teaching today. Matthew 20, 27, because God's, again, advanced information. Gifts will be flowing. Uh, God will be elevating folk. And some people are going to be uh, so pleasant at this, these, these positions of, of elevation and power and anointing. But some people, if they don't watch it, they could be like a, a skunk. You know, they could have a stench on them, you know, like, like, because all envy, you know, like when you say people are hating, sometimes the hate comes from, man, if, if anybody could be promoted, I wish it wouldn't have been him. Because this person is just going to gloat even more, you know what I'm saying? They're going to, they're going to posture themselves even more. Man, could have, could have. Some of the athletes, it ain't just people hating on them. It's just their, their, uh, their uh, dispositions, their, their arrogancy. Almost like, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to get them together. Like, but then there's people that leave, and you could tell it's like, man, I, I don't know how this is happening, but I'm enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? I thank God. Man, I appreciate them looking at me as a leader. You know, that's different than... And so, so some, some of that, what God's trying to do is make sure you're not the person that people don't want to follow. Did you hear that? He's making sure you're not the person that people don't want to follow, right? And so, so Proverbs twenty twenty seven, it says, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So that person that's leading is a servant. 
So I always say every level of leadership is another level of service. So as a pastor, I'm serving at a greater level. Let's go to Mark 10. I, you know, I know I quote some of these scriptures a lot, but it's good to set your eyes on them. You know, let's set your eyes on the scripture. I repeat, set your eyes on the scripture. And so Mark 10, and we'll hit... Um, we'll just start at 42. We're going to highlight 44, but uh, I figure it's probably good to start at, well, we're going to highlight 44, but I think it'll be good to start at, uh, let me see. Mm, we're going to start at 35. <laughs> I was going to start at 44, but let's start at 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. So, like, <laughs> you know, their whole attitude is wrong right now. It says, and he said unto them, what would ye that I should do for you? So he didn't go, man, y'all tripping. He, he wanted to, he asked questions, you know. Every one of I get all these questions from. Verse 37, it says, they said unto him, grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in glory. So, again, they want position. They're looking for position, right? It's uh, 38, but Jesus said unto them, ye know not what you ask. Can you drink the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Now, now again, drink of the cup. Remember, in the last, in, in the uh, when he was in the upper room, right, that cup he drank was representing his blood, <laughs> you know, which represent giving his life. And he said, the baptism I, I'm baptized with, remember, he was buried. That, that was the baptism. <laughs> you know, he was buried and, and he was uh, obedient unto death, right? Amen. So he was baptizing God's will unto death, right? And, and verse 39, it says, and they said unto him, we can. Cause they ain't paying, they don't know what they're talking about. And Jesus said unto them, ye shall indeed drink the cup that I shall drink of, right? And with the baptizing that I am baptized with, you shall be baptized, right? <laughs> right? So basically, you know, you got to research what happened to James and John, right? It says, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, right? But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. See, promotion doesn't come from east, west, or south. Promotion comes from God, Psalm 75, 6 and 7. And then verse 41, it says, and when, when the ten, so this is the other disciples, heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. See, uh, got a family feud going on. But look, what did I just say? Because of the attitude of, 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 of how they were thinking, hate came out, not Man, you know, I'll be excited, man. I hope that happens to you. No, it's like, man, with your attitudes, we would, if y'all in, in the position of leadership, we, w we wouldn't want to follow y'all, right? So, so that's a perfect example then in, in verse 42. But Jesus called them to him, the whole crew, and, and saith unto them, ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And their great ones exercise authority upon them. 
So he's explaining how they operate outside of the kingdom. He says, but so, but so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. The word minister means servant, shall be your servant. Who shall, who, whosoever shall be great among you. So he says, we don't operate like, like the, the, the world operates. We operate different. The greatest among you is the greatest level of servant, right? The greatest among you is the greatest level of servant. Verse 44, which is our highlight scripture, it says, And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. See, so, so, so here you have, you know, like I said, so a lot of times we, we, uh, we go, okay, you're just hating. Some people pull out hate because of how they've uh, manipulated themselves into positions of power. Right, and so people see these things as the, you know, as you go along. People watch your hustle. They watch your manipulation. They watch your embellishments. You know how people embellish stories, pad their stats, is what we call it uh, in the athletic world. You know, people watch all that, and so when you get in a position because you almost overwhelmed, or 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 the the coach or the the manager or the pastor was too busy to pay attention. The people watching is going, man, anybody in that position but that person. I can't stand being around that person. Same thing like with James and John, right? Soon as soon as that, look, the tip, look, Jesus is talking to them. Jesus didn't bust them out one time. Jesus just kept asking questions, giving them insight, you know. Oh, yeah, you're going to have a baptism. I baptized. Like, he was almost like, okay, bro. Right? But Jesus, now watch how Jesus go. Really? You, you, you selfish, arrogant. Jesus didn't say none of that. But his boys, the boys was watching though. They watched how they manipulated, how they positioned themselves to be around Jesus that day. Right? So they positioned themselves to be in proximity. And, you know, they probably was off to the side, you know, trying to block the other disciples from getting exchanged with Jesus too. Hey, man, you know, just give us what we asked for. Yo, yo, why the other guys, you know, fetching the meals, let's just talk to Jesus, right? And so we're we going to keep staying in Jesus' face. We're going to talk to Jesus. Hey, give us what we will while nobody's around. <laughs> like, you know, let us sit on the right hand and the left hand, right? And Jesus like, I don't even know what y'all asking, right? And but just, so, so this is the plight that we go through. God has, has, has this greatness on standby for us. But the delay is we don't have the humility to walk in that power. That's the delay. We don't have the humility to walk in that power. And some of us have positioned ourselves for, for uh, we're going to say favorable positions, right? Favorable positions. But that's not where God wants you. And then, like, you, you, you ever see somebody manipulate themselves to a position and the whole time they're hoping nobody busts them out that they really have not fully qualified for the position. <laughs> so, so now everybody that, start, that, that's, that, that would normally grow, see, because if I'm in position, everybody under me are normally supposed to grow up and push me out of the position into another level. So, it's a, so they're supposed to get greater, better, and more insight, and I'm supposed to be excited about that. If I, if I didn't manipulate to get into the position, 
I'm like, yeah, 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 keep, 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 keep going, keep, keep rising up because it's only going to push me up, right? But if I manipulated myself to be in position, I'm trying to keep them down because I think that light that keeps rising up is going to expose me. So I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a domino effect. I'm, I'm messing up the whole flow. See, because to push people down, you got to fall down. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like if people was riding up and I had to push them down, I got to fall down. Right? And, and, and so now I set off a chain reaction. I'm, I'm uh, you know, the people under me, if they're trying to pull me down, they got to fall down. But it's all about everybody elevating, right? And so, so again, so, but we got to maintain a servant's attitude. It's all about serving. Some of, the, some of the decisions and choices we're making, is it about positioning ourselves so we can say we're somebody? Or is it about serving in the kingdom so God can make our name great? Amen. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, we've lost sight of God's system, Right? And so, we have to embrace this humility. Because, see, humility and humility, we can embrace what Christ really did, the, the whole salvation, right? We can embrace our salvation. Because, see, salvation means wholeness, but I'm wholly submitted to God. See, because, what well, he died for my sins. So, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm glorifying God in my body and in my spirit. So to, so to truly come to, what do we say when we come to the altar? What are we doing? We're giving something, aren't we? We're giving our life to who? Christ. Because he died for what? So the, the payment for sin is death. So, so we're coming to Christ to be resurrected, not to resurrect ourselves. Right? <laughs> right? So have we truly given, which... Listen, when you come down that aisle, all of us have gone through it. Man, you're trusting God. Like, the reason why you didn't come, because you're like, okay, I don't know if this, how, if this gonna take, is this gonna be safe, is this even real? And I work too hard to, to at least not look bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what we do. We work so hard on not looking bad, not hard on elevating into purpose, right? And so we gotta, when we cross over into this true humility, we're totally trusting God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord, what? With all thy heart, right? Lean not to thine own understanding. Look, look, in how many ways? In all your, all your ways. Acknowledge him in what? And he'll direct your path. That's humility, right? It would take humility to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Because that means... I'm letting go of me. I'm leaning not to my own understanding. I'm letting go of how I think, how I would normally process things. In all my ways, I'm acknowledging him, and I'm allowing him to direct my path. We're going to get into that here in a little bit, but see, so we have to, we have to recognize that all of our competency or our sufficiency is of God. When we're walking in true humility or humiliation, remember the of humility, all our competency, our sufficiency is of God. I think we, we, we spend too much time uh, pumping ourselves up or, or what is it? What is the scripture says? Haughty? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. I think we spend too much time, you know, 
you know, pumping out, you know, you know, it's blowing our heads up. Like, like, and then we, we hype nothing. I'm, I'm saying this respectfully. I said we, we hype nothing. Like, like, as opposed to all that God has for us, we're hyping nothing. Like, we live this life where we, it's make-believe. Like, like, we haven't grown beyond make-believe. It's okay for the children to do make-believe, but we're adults. And we're making believe we get along with this person. We're making believe we're, like, we hype up. Like, we create our own uh, thrones, Right? We go, yeah, so when I did this, this, that, because nobody can really can, has time to do a background check, right? So you just be just padding stats, you know? You just be adding stats. I was uh, working, for, working for the church, so the pastor comes to me, and he says, uh, he says uh, yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't know if he said something about a master's or something like that, or he says something about uh, uh, something, and I was like, I said, I went to school for four years, but I, I don't qualify for that. He looked, because that was his thing. You know, his thing was the stats. He looked, he said, but I thought, I said, nah, I never said that, you know. But, but I could have made up, I, I could have I pumped it up. I was talking to a guy at the gym. He was like, yeah, you know, because he said, you, you know, we've we are been playing against, playing against each other for the longest. And, and in this arena, I'm, I'm highly respected as a basketball player. So he says, uh, he says, yeah, you know, because you understand, like, because you played overseas, too. I was like, I never played overseas. He's like, you never played overseas? Somebody told me you played overseas. There's one guy in the gym with everybody that played overseas. I said, nah, I said, I never played overseas. You know, but I could have, like, in the moment, everybody's listening. He, he's, giving, he's giving me respect. No, I, no, I ain't played overseas. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, you know. Uh, you know, some wasn't even all that semi-pro and didn't really get paid much. <laughs> That's, why, why make up something? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. Like, <laughs> college, I played JV. Then I got the, got the pride. So I, so I was a captain of the team. But I figured you had to try out every year because I was naive. So I didn't play because I didn't try out. <laughs> then I didn't play again. Because they thought I was a, a, a prideful knucklehead. So I probably was in the black ball, you know, where you get black ball. So then I tried out again because I was like, well, surely they're not going to expect a, a kid that's a knucklehead to have the humility to try out again. And I made a team. Two-day tryout, they waited a week before they told me I was on the team. They was waiting for me pride to, pride to kick in, <laughs> you know, and pressure, but I finally played. So that's the truth. You know, like, I can't be making up stuff. And so we got to stop that. Stop, y'all, stop. All right, so our competency and our sufficiency is of God. John 15, 5. John 15, 5. Let's go there real quick. This John 15 is we talk about a lot here at the church. We talk about it so much, I, I didn't realize I got all these chapters that I read all the time. Uh, I decided to... Uh, Make John 15, add that to all other chapters, sorry. Because I, I, I know it so well, but I never thought to add it as a, a daily reading. All right, so John 15, 5, it says, I am divine, ye are the branches. He that abideth, remember, remaineth uh, in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Produces a lot, right? It says, for without me, you can do nothing. nothing. 
And now, 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 how could you read that scripture and think you doing anything? <laughs> yeah, because it didn't say, without me, some of the things you won't be able to do. It says, without me, you could do nothing. Because look, I, I gave my life to Christ. So the, 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 the power, the influence, the competency is, is coming from Christ because I'm connected to the vine. Remove the connection from the vine, I ain't doing nothing. I was telling somebody in counseling today, I was like, listen, ain't nobody trying to counsel with Keith. That's, I mean, that's, that, that, that's not even putting me down. Keith's dead. He can only give you dead information. <laughs> right? Amen. Keith and Christ, somebody will talk to. Like, like somebody asked me one day, because I've been afforded the opportunity to serve athletes and mentor, mentor them. So first I said, why well, are you mentor a lot of athletes? What's the, you know, give me a, the script. I said, I'll be honest with you, there is no script. I said, it's customized for each individual. There's certain, I, I told you I walked one guy for a whole year through uh, renewing the mind. I haven't walked everybody I mentored through renewing the mind. That's what we, we needed to walk through. You see what I'm saying? That's what the Holy Spirit said. That's what abiding in Christ says. That's not Keith sweet. Right? Keith ain't sweet. I was going to say something else. But see, the Holy Spirit said, it's okay. They're, they're thinking it already. You don't have to say the obvious. <laughs> right? 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, and we'll start here at verse 5. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, right? And to think anything as of ourselves. Look, to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter killeth and the spirit giveth life. So, so. Any, our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Look, look, I just love this part. It says, it says, not that our sufficiency are sufficient, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, as if we did it, it came from us. But our sufficiency is of God. You see what I'm saying? Like we, if we, we got to wrap our mind, uh, Zechariah, 4, 6, Zechariah 4, 6, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Right? We, we, I mean, we go over the scriptures, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, right? So, so the, the, that's why I say Keith ain't helping nobody because that's who I am in the flesh. I have to yield, we have to yield to the spirit. See, all of us have limited natural information. We have limited natural information. We can only pull out what's been poured in or rather what's been absorbed. We can only pull out what's been poured in or rather what's been absorbed. So, so, so I want you to just meditate on this, not, not as a put down, but as an understanding and maybe as a challenge to yield to God. We are all products of worldviews. We talk about worldviews a lot here, especially in counseling, repetitious information, authoritative voices in our environment. And see, as long as you're in the environment, I'll say this to y'all, I understand, as long as you're in the environment, once you've mastered the environment, you're going to feel significant, right? Because they set a standard, 
you know, and once you've mastered that standard, so I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, there was a, a standard that was established. And, and, and let me be transparent. I, 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 I didn't grow up hard or tough. Some of y'all watching from, from Newark, like, we remember, right? But I wasn't. I mean, I'm just, hey, I, I, I was always creative. I like to write. I like to draw. I love athletics. In, in, in the neighborhood, this perfect example, in the neighborhood with the guys I hung out with, I was a great athlete. I was the juice when I ran. You know, there goes the juice. And that was me, right? When I, when I played baseball, I was a switch hitter. Uh, I used to like uh, the Yankees. And so Roy, Roy White was a switch hitter. So he hit like this right-handed, and he hit like this left-handed. He would just go back. And I used, to, we used to, I used to count whole runs over the fence. So, 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 so whatever sport I played, it was baseball, football, basketball, I just like playing chess, figuring it out. We played in this, this, this uh, backyard with a, with a car in a way. And so if three people are playing against you, you trapped. But I would figure out a way to get to that rim, boy. I just figure out a way. That's with the friends. Once I started to play like, like around the team, man, I was scared to turn around and shoot. I'm a little dude, man, little dude. Well, with my friends, I'm not a little dude, I'm a big dude. But, but Playing against the, you know, six seven, six eight, six nine. All right, playing against uh, he uh, he's still 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 uh, he's still living and might be watching this, you know. Uh, but I remember uh, my first day of practice playing against this guy Steve Evans. Eventually, he became All American, phenomenal basketball player. But I remember I'm a little dude. Steve's a tall dude. I didn't want to turn around. We had this play. You run. I didn't want to turn around. What I'm saying is, I started out in Newark like everybody else, but I had to decide. Either I'm going to give up on all these things at this level, go back to where it's, it's a safe place with just these few people where I'm always going to look sweet, or I'm going to deal with the reality of, okay, I'm not universally sweet. I'm going to have to work on my game. And that's what I did. I worked on my game where I got good. I, I mastered the game of basketball. But just putting in work. You understand what I'm saying? But but. but I, I mastered how to hang in the hood by myself until I met my family at 14. By myself, how to get to the clubs, how to navigate through the streets, how to navigate where I wasn't just going to get beat up every day. You understand what I'm saying? But that's, that was in my own strength. And that's just local. I'm just in Newark. But as I started to grow, I still, when I went to college, I was like, man, there's people from all over the world, think all different types of places. I got to get up to speed, man. You understand what I'm saying? Then when I come to the kingdom, I realize all that up to speed doesn't even hold a candle to the kingdom. So each level I realized, that, like I was trying to find a place where I didn't have to be humble, not knowing I was supposed to live in humility. I was trying to find a place where I wouldn't have to be humble, not knowing that the key is to live in humility. I'm trying to save face, hide the cracks, not look bad. When, when the key is being willing to look bad. Think about it. I'm up here every week on a platform. I don't know what nobody's thinking. I don't know what information you've been exposed to. And guess what? You can criticize. Some of you do. Hey, just for the record, I know. Not only I know, I know specific details. The only reason I'm not saying none is I just embrace the humility. There, 
People are always going to see what you say certain ways. There's nothing you can do. You can't keep changing yourself for what everybody thinks. You just got to be obedient. You got to be willing to look bad. If I'm not willing to look bad, I'm going to limit what I say, or I'm going to just speak to the dominant speaking audience. That's what messes churches up. What keeps churches flowing is just obedience to God. Willing to look bad, okay? Just think about that for a second. So, you know, we're, we're, we're products of our worldviews, our training. Um, we're products of the information system uh, of the institution. So not just the institution, each institution has an a, a information system, the way they give you information. So they, they, listen, some people met a board and they decided on a curriculum for that institution. I know I was a part of a board and we decided on a curriculum for the school that was starting, right? And, and so, so in one place, this, this curriculum was phenomenal. But you take the same curriculum and go to another institution, it's like, oh, no, you got, we got to bring y'all up to speed. You see what I'm saying? So, 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 so it's, the, it's, it's, it's the particular institution. I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, we... You know, a lot of times we've, uh, the books we've read, the books are written by authors. Authors have perspectives. Just like we talk about the commentaries. The commentaries is an author that actually studied out and from as far as he could see, this is what it means to him. That doesn't mean it's gospel. It just means that's what it means to him. Right? So, all this information is limited. Right? It's not... Have it, use it, but it's limited. What elevates us is not what we know, not all that information, not all the degrees. It's what the Holy Spirit reveals. Not what we know, but what the Holy Spirit reveals. That's what elevates us. What elevates us is not what we know, it's what the Holy Spirit decides to use out of our our knowledge chest. So what we've been exposed to is, is the Holy Spirit taking it and converting it into wisdom. Remove the Holy Spirit. Hey, uh, what does the scripture say? Knowledge puffs up. You just got a bunch of puffed up knowledge. Not, not, see, you notice how to say don't have knowledge. Don't learn. I'm learning all the time. I'm studying. I'm, uh, I, you know, I've learned graphics. I'm learning, uh, uh, me and Marcus, we're looking at a pro presenter so we can elevate what we do. You know, I'm constantly learning, but everything I learn, I got to give to the Holy Spirit. All that mathematics stuff I learned, calculus and all that stuff, I got to give that to the Holy Spirit. How does that apply? The stuff I learned about art, I have to give that to the Holy Spirit. How do you want to use that? But not, Ms. Lamar, you don't know this. That's not what the goal is. The goal is if I, if I, oh, this is great. Let's say if I'm preaching a sermon and uh, so, Jamal, let's say if I, uh, I don't know, I, uh, I don't know, I, I confuse numbers and Deuteronomy. So if you know numbers and Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy is pretty much similar to Chronicles. It's going back over what those books that you just read through is talking about. But it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's chronicalizing. It's breaking them down. It's giving you a little more detail. That's a chronicles. Chronicalize. It's, it's breaking down Kings and Samuel, right? But let's say, you know, I, I, I confuse, I don't know, Numbers and Leviticus, right? 
So there's somebody that would be sitting here and be like, now that, that's in Leviticus. As if, you don't know that? Obviously I said it wrong. Give me the information. What's wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with, hey, you know, uh, you know, this reads that. I mean, I, listen, I've done it. I read so much. I might say John and his Luke. You know, I mean, that, that, in humility, I've done that. Like, I've done it. I've, I've kind of, I've read so many stories. Sometimes my, my summer, my crystallizing the story you know, I remember one time I shared this with you guys recently in humility. I said it backwards. We were talking about Elijah. I did it backwards. That's because I got all this information. But I'm not like, think about it. You see me here. I'm not like, and this, that. I'm not rolling like that. You, we would be here all day. We went through the class and gifting and calling. And we, if, if I, if specifically every little uh, but the, man, man, y'all going to run up out of here. So, so, so it's being crystallized and packaged, uh, broken down, broken down, broken down, broken down, broken down, so it could be received. But if somebody says something off, a minister or something like that, just go up to them and say, hey, I noticed you said such and such, but I read this. And then, and it's okay for the minister to go, oh, you know what? I kind of missed that. I, I, I read that, but my fault, I missed it. It's okay. It's okay. Let's, you might have that, that, let's say some people, let's say, you might have, Psalms may be the book you just love reading. The, the, the person teaching may read all the books in the Bible and skim through Psalms. Right? So now you're going to almost like break them down because you read Psalms backwards and forwards. That's all you read. I, I read a Psalm every day. And I'm telling you, I know what the psalm says. Oh, fine. Now, you can offer them your psalm piece and get some of their other pieces, right? We all work together, right? It's humility, right? Right? Amen. See, don't forfeit true elevation by trying to resurrect yourself. Don't forfeit true elevation by trying to resurrect yourself. Don't forfeit true elevation by trying to resurrect yourself. This is the thing, because we live off of the power that resurrects us. I'm going to repeat it. We live off of the power that resurrects us. I'm going to say it one more time. We live off of the power that resurrects us. I pray that it's God and not ourselves. I pray that it's God, because if I resurrect myself, I'm the power that has to sustain the rest of my life. And I already said, Keith can't sustain nobody's life. So that's why it's dangerous when you try to resurrect yourself, when you're trying to save face, when you're trying to uh, get up without God getting you up, right? Like, so Galatians, Galatians, well, Philippians 3. Let's go to Philippians 3.10, and then we'll come back to Galatians 2. Just so, so in advance, we're going to come back to Galatians 2. Philippians 3, we'll start with verse 10. Remember, we live off of the power that resurrects us. We live off of the power that resurrects us.
That's why you can't steal what somebody else does. You ain't got no power. You, you, you're, you're just uh, mimicking. <laughs> like, but you don't, you don't have the substance and the power that, 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 that elevated or produced that insight or that revelation or, or, or built that rocket ship. Like you just, you know, you just stole the person's plans. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot more to what goes, what goes into the plans, right? All right, so uh, verse 10. It says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Look, and the fellowship of his sufferings, right? Being made conformable unto his what? Death. Death. Right? If by any means I may attain unto what? The resurrection of The the dead. So what am I trying to attain? Resurrection. The resurrection of the dead, right? Mm-hmm. Not trying to resurrect myself, mm-hmm. right? Amen. Look, look, that I may know him in what? The power of his resurrection. Amen. Full humility, full power. Verse 12. It says, not as though I have already attained. Again, he's talking about the power of the resurrection, right? Or either were already perfect, complete, right? But I follow after if that I if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Amen. From the day I walked down the aisle, from even before I walked down the aisle, when he gave his life, he's trying to apprehend us, take over us, right? It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, not myself to have apprehended, nothing in my own strength or sufficiency or confidence, right? It says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, Good and bad, look, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Look, look, in, inside, submerged inside Christ Jesus, right? It says, let us therefore, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was it, right? <laughs> I just got a little height. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Galatians, Galatians 2. All right, so, so the power of his resurrection. Again, we live off of the power that resurrects us, right? Galatians 2.20. Look, it says, I am crucified with Christ. After the colon, it says this, nevertheless, I live. So it's saying I'm crucified with Christ. It says, nevertheless, I live. Look, and the, look, 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 look. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So I'm not living as Christ is living in me because I'm smir- submerged in him. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live what? By the faith of the Son of God. Well, you know, getting new birth, right? It says, who loved me and gave himself for me. So the life I now live, it's because of that power of the resurrection of Christ is in me. You understand? So, again, I'll make this statement one more time. We live off of the power that resurrects us. And I pray that it's God and not ourselves. I pray we're not resurrecting ourselves. See, only a fool says, my power has gotten. Only a fool says, my power has gotten. Right? And um, uh, what the scripture says... It's an audible. Let's just do an audible real quick. 
Holy Spirit gave me specific instructions on my way here, so I'll be obedient to that. Deuteronomy 8. So we talked about uh, verse 2 last week. It says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Number one, to humble thee. Number two, to prove thee. Uh, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keepeth commandments or not, right? To- totally yield, right? Trust in him like we talked about. Verse 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and judgments and the statutes which I command ye this day, right? It says, Lest when thou art eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up, pride. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Verse 17, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. This is, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Right? You know, you keep reading through that. Don't forget the Lord God. Don't forget the Lord God. Don't forget the Lord God. Realize our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Our sufficiency, we just read in 2 Corinthians 3, right? Our sufficiency is of God, Right? Right, and see, so to inherit or take possession of this, this heavenly power we've been talking about, the humility power, we must embrace humility. To inherit or take possession of heavenly power, we must embrace humility. Just like to inherit earthly dominion, we must uh, operate in meekness. Right, to inherit heavenly power, we have to embrace humility to in, just, just like to inherit or take dominion for, to have earthly power, we operate meekness. But we've, we've gone to this before, uh, even when we started, but we'll just look at it again. Matthew 5. God is trying to engrave, engraft this, this insight into us. Matthew 5, of course, is the be attitudes, how to be, Right? <laughs> B dash attitude, right? B attitudes. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Again, poor in spirit, though them that are without. That's, that's, that's a, a phrase, if you study it out, it just means humility. Blessed are uh, those that are in humility, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign and power of heaven. See, so, so without you embracing humility, it's hard for you to take possession of heavenly power. Verse 5 says, blessed are the meek, right? It says, for theirs, for they shall inherit the earth. The word inherit means take possession of, right? Just like verse 3 says, the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. So to, to walk in this power, humility and meekness, well to, well, to have power in heaven and earth, you have to operate in humility and meekness, right? Think about, so to gain from heaven, you have to be empty. And to gain in this world, you have to see God, not reputation. 
So to gain from heaven, you have to be empty. Humility. Remember? And again, we're, we're, we're kind of watering some things sometimes. Humility is empty of self. Right? Meekness is not self-seeking. Right? So to gain, uh, to gain things from heaven, you have to be empty. Think about it. When you're empty, uh, you're, you can be filled with all the fullness of God. Not, I'm not empty. It's some of me and God just pour some of you on top of that. But what's going to come out is going to be tainted. Uh, we did the thing uh, at the baptism. It was probably one of the first, I don't know, if it, was, it wasn't one of the first baptisms because we did it at the lake, but we did, uh, it was the, the kids, the children, and we did at a pool at one of the houses. And so I had a bottle of water and I put a little dirt in it. Just a little dirt in it. So, so the water was 100% pure. Tiny bit of dirt. Most of the bottle was water, <laughs> right? Put a little bit of dirt. Was, was, it, was the, the bottle just a couple of percentages dirty? The whole thing was dirty, right? <laughs> the whole thing was dirty. <laughs> so, so again, that's why we have to empty of self so God can fill us with his fullness. Scripture says, Ephesians 3.19, be filled with all the fullness of God, right? Right? And so, so to receive from heaven, we have to be empty of self. And for us to gain in this world, we have to see God, not seek self, right? Meekness is not, is not self-seeking, right? Not self-seeking. Uh, what's, what's the Scripture? Uh, well, of course, Matthew 6.33 is what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you, right? And then let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Just because I mentioned it here. 1 Corinthians 13. Talked a little about this last week, but I thought I'd give it. Um, so, this, you know, of course, it talks about love, right? And how it suffers long as kind. Envy if not. Vaunt is not itself. It's not prideful. Not puffed up, right? And then verse 5, it says, does not, does not behave itself unseemly. Look, seeketh not her own. Seeketh not her own. See, so we're truly operating in, in th- think about it. If I'm really submerged in Christ and I'm submerged in God, I, you know, God is love, right? Not he decides to love. He is love. You know, 1 John 4, right? So if I'm operating in full love, right, I'm not self-seeking. And so we got to watch when we're, like, like I said, we're, we're investing too much of our energy in saving face in, 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 again, trying to resurrect ourselves or keeping ourselves from dying, <laughs> right? I'm not talking about uh, uh, physically dying. I'm talking about spiritually being buried. You are gone, right? And so we work hard with, when, when, when that brokenness is coming, we're trying to get around it. You know, when you're about to come to the end of you, we're trying to figure out a way to hold on and have strength when we should be letting go and yielding, right? We should be presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. The least we can do, uh, Romans 12, 1, right? Right, so not self-seeking. So, humiliation is our only ladder to exaltation. Remember, humiliation, humiliation, at the action of humility. That suffix 
as an action word to humility. Humility just as a noun or an adjective is just sitting there. Once you add action to it as a suffix, it's, act, it's, an, it's activated now. It's an action word now. When you add action, it's action, right? Humiliation. See, see if, we were, if God has given us this information, humiliation is something that we are running from, right? So when you hear the, the word humiliation, I was in a position of humiliation. Like, like that's not like growing up, like, oh, ain't nobody trying to be nowhere near humiliation. Right. You know, uh, you ain't going to embarrass me. You're not going to, you're not going to, um, uh, make me look bad. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. You know, you're not going to make me look bad. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm inviting opportunities for humility. Because when I'm weak, he's strong. Right? I'm decreasing that he must increase. But we don't do that. We avoid, you know, uh, I know we had a situation here. Uh, I really got set up, but I embraced it. And I'm going to tell you how I got set up. You had a guy that did not show up. It was uh, right before New Year. So a guy didn't show up for rehearsal. So I, I was helping with sound. So somebody in the church says, hey, hey, why don't you just fill this role, fill this part? If I was thinking I wouldn't have done it because that wasn't my part, right? All right, so I come up and, um, and I, so I'm, I'm, I'm showing up rehearsals. Like, no way I should be even singing in this part. It's not like I, it's not like I can't sing anything, you know, but I definitely couldn't sing this. But, but now I'm rolling with it. You know, and, then, and, I, and I'm, I'm actually being held to task. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Sing it like this, man. Now, I, now I, I, I embellished a little bit. But, but, okay, so I'll just say it this way. The person leading this team was Mr. Lamar. I don't have to say no more. I don't have to say no more. Right? So, but, and, and I think it's still out there on video somewhere. I need to go remove it. No, I'm just saying. So it was terrible. And guess what? I, I got access to remove it. I could have been removed it. But why? Like, why am I removing it? Yes, it was. <laughs> no, bro. Yes, it was. That I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good looking out, but it was. <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is I, I, I just I, I, I embraced it. I invited the humility. I was to be willing to look bad. I, I'm a, and I'm going to keep on looking. Oh, 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 this is the big one. So this was over the music, but uh, they put together a choir. And so, so I was asked now. I was asked to be a part of the choir, right? So, so we already know who runs the choir. Uh, you know, she has some uh, dental work done, so she's not here today, but... I know you out there watching, and stop laughing. Stop laughing. I know you're laughing right now, right? And so, man, I was messing up everything. I was, I was throwing off the note. But then I'm trying to be an advocate for the people that, you know, that, that, that couldn't, you know, couldn't either hear themselves, this, that, and the other. I didn't know it was intentional. So I got cut, cut off the choir. The pastor got cut off the choir. But I didn't, I didn't pull no pastor card or nothing like that. I just got cut. I just embraced it. The wife cut me, man. DJ, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. I, I mean, you know, I'm trying to make my debut, man. I'm just, I'm just going through these hurdles. I feel like Jordan getting cut from the team at first, right? All right, so what I'm saying is you, I embrace it because I'm not trying to resurrect myself. It's okay to embrace the humanity. So I just left it there. 
You know, there's, there's, there's quite a few things. I have some, there's been misunderstanding. People dog, dog me out. And I, 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 I didn't defend myself. Just let it roll. I, I figured, hey, God can resurrect me from there. This is how I'm trying to operate my life as I continue to grow. Hey, God can resurrect me from there. Have you, can you say, can you uh, shift your life to say, hey, God can resurrect me from here. I don't need to put my hands on it. All right, so let's go to Luke 14. Luke 14. I'm going to wind this down. God can resurrect us from there. Mm, Somebody text me that. I got an idea for that. (laughs) Please text me. Uh, Got a great idea for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, so Luke uh, 14, and we're going to read through a few scriptures. I don't always uh, do this, but but I think it'll be good. We're going to start here at verse 1, all right? It says, it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day uh, that they watched him. You know, another version, I believe Amplified says they watched him to see how they could bust him out. You know, they were looking to set him up. It says, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. So the dropsy is, is everything on you, uh, extremely, extreme inflammation. It's swelling up on you, right? It says, and Jesus answering spake uh, unto the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Because now he's discerning why they're there. <laughs> they're trying to set him up. And they held their peace and he took, he took him and healed him and let him go, right? On the Sabbath day because, you know, they're, they kind of overdid turn the Sabbath day into some type of tradition or bondage. Verse 5, and he answered them saying, which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day, right? You're just going to leave him there because it's Sabbath day. You're not going to just pull him out. He says, and they could not answer him again to these things. And he put forth a parable to those which were bitten or in the area. And when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, when thou art bidden to any, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. It says, and he that bade thee or summoned thee and, and him summoned thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. It says, but when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room that when he bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, that means made low, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted, right? And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So saying when you, a lot of times we're jockeying for position to be in a position where we're seen, to be in a position where we, when people see us, they see us in this place or this position and they go, oh, you must be important. 
you know, as you grow, uh, as a ministry, as you grow, sometimes people want to be seen as, look, I'm special here. Well, you're special here whether you, you uh, resurrect yourself or, or highlight yourself. Let God highlight you, right? But, but sometimes you, you, uh, people are jockeying, and what he's saying is you, you go run to the front seat, and then you're in a, a, a position where, oh, 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 bishop, 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 man, good to God you come. Uh, uh, you can take this seat right here. And everybody's watching as you're moved to, uh, yeah, uh, put, put them uh, in the back over there, right? Right, so, so you, 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 you put yourself in a position of shame as opposed to just take a seat. I know I went to the uh, first time ever I, I was, uh, I had, uh, I needed to get away to find out where we were going in our future. Like in terms of, it was just one of those seasons where it was getting close to pastoring. I don't, I didn't know when or where, but you know, I did it one other time in life. I needed a, um, a mountain moment, just go up on a mountain. So I said, well, I'm gonna go someplace where I can get ministered to. Uh, while I'm there. So I could, you know, so I said, well, you know, I always said I wanted to hear Benny Hinn. So I said I was going to go to the Benny Hinn meeting. And so I met this guy. Uh, I told the story, this evangelist, and he was a part of uh, Benny Hinn Association. But uh, so he called me up. He says, I want to invite you to uh, Benny Hinn meeting. I said, oh, we're already going. I had already scheduled it out. And he says, okay. He says, okay, well, you know, he says, well, just let me know when you get there. So when I got there, they, they had color code seating. So our seating, and they had these stands where, where your color was, you sat in that area. So we had like the back section was our area. So I just sat in the back row. Met this wonderful couple, and they was like, oh yeah, we were here when he met Catherine Coleman in such and such year. I said, oh, duh, I'm in Pittsburgh. Like I didn't even think about it. I said, this is where his whole life changed. I said, oh, this is great. But I wouldn't even have had that conversation with him if I wasn't sitting in the back. Then I, then, I'm, I'm a former armor bearer. My job is to see what's going on, like, like to do a, a intelligence. Like I would get there, what do you call it? Uh, recon. I would do recon. Like I would always get there early, check out the seat and the mics, where the pastor's sitting, how the pastor can get what he needs, whatever, how the music flow. That was my job. I would just get there early all the time. So that's how I'm used to operating. So I saw people moving around. So I went to the lady. I said, so what's going on? So normally I would do this for the pastor. And she says, well, uh, you know, it's cold. A lot of people didn't show up. She says, so we just, uh, uh, you could take any seat you want from this place back. So now I'm in the sixth row. I said, well, sweet. I was in the back. Now I'm in the sixth row. I'm good. So lady comes up to us and says, hey, hey, would you guys want to sit here? So, so platform and they had seats over here, seats over here. It was, it was a convention center. And so she says, would you want to come sit up here? I said, sure. So now we're up here. We're we're like maybe, well, it was, it, was, it was a convention center, so, you know, but we maybe way back here so you could see the back of the podium. So I was like, cool, right? So then uh, the guy that we know, he comes in. I see him on the phone. He's walking to the back on his phone. He's calling me. He said, well, Keith, where you at? I said, well, I'm up front. <laughs> so he turns around. He says, well, come with me. So he's like, he, he, he's where you are, Mr. Lamar. He sits me in the second row. So now I'm on the second row. I, I said, babe, I said, we just got here. We started in the back, and now we're on the second row. And so we're on the second row. This guy is uh, a Dave Palm, Palmquist. I might be saying, uh, if I said your name wrong, Pastor, I'm sorry. But he was assistant pastor. So he comes out. He starts talking to us. He says, uh, he said, come on. 
he puts us in the front row. So I was like, babe, we ain't never been to nothing. We started in the back, and I was thinking about this scripture the whole time. I said, look, we're sitting on the front row. Well, he says, well, uh, uh, so then he, he starts talking. He says, he starts talking to us. He talked to me. Look, he talked to me about a book. He says, you know that book that I gave you? I said, sir, you, you, I've never, you've never given me a book. He says, but you know the prayer book. I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I didn't want to front. I'm embracing, nah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy to make up stuff. And he says, well, you know, he says, you know, you got to sit here for a while. He says, and, and uh, if, I could, uh, if I can get you up on stage, I will. I'm like, what is he talking about? He comes up, he says, well, come with me. He puts me back over here in like the front row. He says, now wait, when the other pastors go up, I'm going to let you go up with them. I'm not a pastor. I'm, 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 I'm just Mr. Keith growing, you know what I'm saying? I'm a young minister serving at the church. And sure enough, I'm sitting up there with the pastors. I can reach over this guy and tap Benny Hinn on, on his back. So, so I'm looking at my wife sitting on the front row, and I'm, looking up, and I'm looking at her like, what am I doing up here? And she's like, I don't know. What are you doing up there? You know, because it, it, it was just weird. Like, I, wasn't, I didn't show up going, I'm going to be up on the stage. I ain't never been up on a stage or nothing like that ever in my life. So it wasn't a consideration. But I think that scripture lines in. I wasn't really, I wasn't even in all that. I just, I, I'm not, we went somewhere uh, and it was a, they were being ordained elders. And so it was a particular denomination. So they had special seating for pastors and stuff like that. And I just sat there, and they was like, well, uh, the, I think you was trying to look out, armor bearer. He was like, well, pastor, they have a, a, such a seat for you over here. I said, no, we good. We good right here. Like, right, because, and I wasn't trying to be false humility. I was just, I was really there to support the people that was being ordained. I didn't really have to, I didn't need no, no props or nothing like that. That's not what I, I showed up for. I showed up for support. What I'm saying is, and again, that don't make me special. I'm just saying, let God elevate you. Like God, it more happened at the Benny Hinn thing. I think I shared with you before, but God did all that. I mean, we was with the VIPs, like in the back. God did all that. Like, like that, that had nothing to do, because I wasn't looking for it. Everything that's ever happened in my life has been God. I couldn't have orchestrated the stuff as I, if I tried. I, I worked for a church. I never position myself, man, you know, if I could just work for a church. I didn't know nothing about it because I had never been a part of a church family. You know, like to grow with a church, you know, I never did that in my life. Before I went to that church, I had only been to a church committed for a year because that's when I started to seriously live for the Lord. Besides that, I just freelance. I never, so I didn't know, okay, how do you get to, none of that. And and I was hired and wasn't ordained. I was hired as an assistant minister. I ain't had nothing to do with it. What I'm, what I'm trying to share is God really wants to have the opportunity to do what he's been designed, what he, what he set up for a long time. But he showed us how it plays out. Jesus didn't show us. Jesus, oh, oh, Jesus not only showed us how to live, he showed us how to die. <laughs> see, see so, so a lot of us are trying to, master how to live, but we haven't learned how to die. So if we don't learn how to die, we're not going to be resurrected. We're trying, to re- we're trying to hold on when we need to let go. <laughs> we need to float. We're, we're, and, and that's the, the missing piece. Because if the power of the resurrection is in us, 
That's what the life that I now live is not me, it's Christ. That's what's missing. It's taking all this knowledge, all this wisdom, all this insight, all this intellect, all our experiences, all our background, all our book knowledge, taking it and letting it get buried with us and let God resurrect what he wants to use. We're trying to use it. We're trying to position ourselves. And that's what's been holding us back from being humility power. The scripture says, uh, be confident in this very thing that he has begun a good work will perform it. Right? He'll work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Philippians 1, 6, Philippians 2, uh, 12 and 13. So, so, so the last statement is stop hiding behind rebellion, pride, and stubbornness. Right? And come out and be exalted. Like share God's spotlight, okay? The performance is not on us anyway. Right? Our confidence is in him. He's begun a good work and he'll perform it. That's what we need to learn from Jesus. Look, look, that scripture is Philippians 1, 6, right? Then it crosses right over into Philippians 2 and it starts talking about let this mind be in you was also in Christ Jesus. No, first it says esteem others better than yourself. It says look not on every man on, on, on his own things but on others. Then it says let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Then it says he didn't find a robbery to be equal with God. But it says he, he, he was obedient unto death. That's before he gets into uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And for is he that uh, God will work in you to willing to do his good pleasure. All that stuff is before. And so God is trying to do that. He's trying to, to work some things out in us. But he needs us to bury ourselves or cru- allow ourselves to be crucified, that flesh to be crucified. Keith needs to be crucified for God to be all-powerful, right? John, John 3.30, I must decrease so he can increase. I must decrease so he must increase, maybe is what it says. All right, that's all for today. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you thought about, what you heard, what, what it made you think about. How are you challenged? 